Welcome to Kingdom Thinking. Today we're going to talk about this, yeah, tough topic and trying to parse the differences between uh, Christian nationalism and Christian patriotism. In other words, what does it mean to love your country, to love the opportunities you have here, and yet to hold your faith in uh, correlation and intention sure. with that? So let's jump in. Yeah, so we know that, you know, in a lot of American evangelicalism, there is a conversation that is happening around this mixture of, of yeah, at love this moment in particular. The there. And there is still, you know, you talk to a lot of people, there's still conversation around like the election being uh, problematic, let's just say, yeah. uh, to save the time. And, you know, there's a real big talk about the idea of like the Republican Party being the party of Christians and mm -hmm. evangelicals are the big voting block that helped put Trump into the office, uh, into the office of the presidency in 2016. And so what some people critique as Christian nationalism, right? Mm -hmm. Some people think is just Christian patriotism. And Good. so uh, I think it's important that as we define this conversation, wherever you land on it, these terms are uh, a little bit fluid, kind of depending on who's defining That's true. them. Yeah. And so uh, we'll define our terms for the sake of the conversation. Yes. And you may not agree fully, but if you disagree with what our terms are, let us know in the comments and tell us why and what they should be, right? Don't just say like, that's dumb, but give us actually something useful here. And so uh, here's what I think of when I think of Christian patriotism, right? Uh, seems to garner support out of like Romans 13, right? Like obedience to the government, thinking that government is, you know, uh, in some way or shape or form uh, put there by God. Uh, Jeremiah 29 as well, right? Uh, the most often misquoted verse in the New Testament or in the Old Testament. Uh, the idea here is like in Jeremiah 29, like God tells the Israelites, even though that they've been carried off into Babylon, into exile, there's like, Plant gardens, take homes, you know, or take sons and daughters, you know, for your wives and husbands, for your children Pray and things like that. for the welfare of yeah. the nation. Really, like, actually invest in the country and hope that it does well, right? Correct. And then in First Timothy 2, the idea of Christians living peaceably, you know, like, amongst each other. And so there's— So what a, principles do you gather from that? I think the big one is the idea is, like— being okay with being happy about where you live, okay. thinking that even calling the country that you live in as good, okay. let's say, right? Uh, even t the notion of being willing to say that some countries are better than other countries, right, for whatever reason. Like, I think that's probably where, as far as I would go on yeah. that, uh, of being able to say, like, yeah, you know, it's good when we critique our past, for example, for, like, mm. the massive amounts of atrocities that we committed, but it's also good to recognize the good things that America has done, right, for example. And so being intentional about living in that both-and conversation of America's horrific, ugly warts and her history and a lot of good things that she's done in terms of, you know, helping the world grow and helping contribute to, uh, like, food and medicine and things like that as, as the world has developed. So I think that's – so, again, it's a little bit amorphous, right, yeah. there. But, you know, the idea of praying for your nation, yeah. uh, desire to protect religious liberties, right, being glad that we live in a country that has the First Amendment. Right. That's you know, a good thing. Uh, yeah, that's a, that is a spectacular thing, not okay. just good. That is a, like, righteous nice. thing. Uh, voting alongside, you know, biblical convictions of how you see it. So I think these what I would define as Christian patriotism, okay, right? Okay, so what I gather from that is a religious or biblical perspective that can see America and the American democratic experiment mm -hmm. as a vehicle for good, Yeah, but isn't willing to say that it's the vehicle or the only one or that it's somehow uh, without blemish yeah it's not the chosen gotcha. vehicle for god's goodness uh to spread to the world okay. right okay 
So and then we so have we're going to call that Christian patriotism. Yeah, and okay. so then we have Christian nationalism uh, as well. And one of the things I wanted to do was uh, I wanted to kind of lift uh, Benedict Anderson's uh, political theory about this, right? So a political theorist uh, Benedict Anderson describes nations as like these imagined communities, hmm. right? And uh, they say here, though nations may be vast in their geography and population, many of us cherish cherish such intense patriotic commitment that we would lay down our lives or the lives of our children yeah. to defend our country and to mo- to promote its power around the gl- around the globe now in uh the cross of war christian nationalism and u.s expansion in the spanish-american war matthew mccullough defines american christian nationalism as basically an understanding of american identity and significance held by christians wherein the nation is a central actor in the world historical purposes of the christian god interesting and i think that's the biggest distinction there okay the idea that america is a nation that god can use to do good things and america is the nation that God has purposed for the sake of doing all of the good things, right? And so that simple article switch between a and the, mm-hmm. I think, is probably mm-hmm. the biggest shifter in the dialogue from one's position as a Christian patriot mm-hmm. to that of a Christian nationalist. Interesting. Okay, good. So as as you say that, we're going to use those two operational definitions yeah. for the conversation. Yeah. Two things come to my mind. One, identity. Mm-hmm. And two empire versus kingdom Mm -hmm. so let me talk a little bit about this and i want to hear your thoughts on this the first thing that comes to my mind is when you think about who are you what is your identity in your core there's a few things that are there one you could say i'm a husband Mm -hmm. i'm a father i'm a son uh for christians part of that central or the most important thing is your identity in in christ right as a citizen of of heaven as an adopted child of god how does that relate to my identity as an American citizen or an American resident, whatever yeah. the case may be? I think the way you answer that question is probably telling mm-hmm. and is going to distinguish these. So on the one hand, um, if my identity as an American citizen is as important as my identity as a Christian, or if my identity as a Christian cannot be separated from my identity as an American that sounds more, as, as we're defining it, as nationalism. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's part of who I am in, in such a way that it would be hard to separate it yeah. or to hire, put a hierarchy. Between. Yeah, American should never be the descriptive adjective in mm. front of Christian, in my mind. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the distinction would be with Christian patriotism. I live in America. I have the privilege of being an American citizen, mm-hmm. which has a, a lot of really, really good it things. Did. Right? It's an and, absolute and if privilege you ask in me, a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to go somewhere else. Like, yeah. I like it here. I, yeah. I'm glad I can be here and stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, if I didn't have America, my identity wouldn't change. Sure. There's a tension of gratitude yeah. and joy, sure. but also grief uh, and apprehension. Yeah, naturally. For what it means to be an American. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, confusion. I'm a first-generation son of immigrants my parents were not born here my parents are citizens but they don't consider themselves americans sure like they want to be buried in honduras yeah yeah um so when i go to honduras my cousins know that i'm not like them yeah because i didn't grow up there i mean we're it's amazing i love my family and they mm-hmm. love me but they they know yeah yeah but you're not there is a categorical distinction exactly between the two of you and yet and now when i'm here um I'm also not really sure where I fit in because 
if uh and and you know i don't want to overgeneralize sure. but if i were white there's a lot of uh, like benchmarks yeah, that I could grab onto. If of I course. were black, there's probably also for better and for worse, yeah, right? Certainly. A lot of just geographically and chronologically, a lot of benchmarks that I can trace myself to. But being Latino, there's, I mean, we, my family's only been here for like 20, 30 years. Yeah. There's not a lot that in my mind conceptually makes me an American citizen. Right. right? And so part of that experience for me personally is how or why conceptually when i think about what it what does it mean to be american well that can mean a lot of things but it doesn't even come close or as a priority for what it means to be a christian yeah to to be invited onto the table of christ where now both the oppressed the oppressor the poor the rich etc cetera, etc cetera, all these dichotomies yep. now get destroyed right yeah for sure so for me personally that's a big distinction of how i make sense of that hierarchy in my mind yeah but I'd love to get your response on identity, yeah, and then yeah. I want to talk about empire and kingdom, dude. I so I, I f- describe a similar boat, right? So I have the ability uh, to pass, right, in like with no questions asked for being like wider than Wonder Bread in these conversations, <laughs> right? And, and like I being stereotyped as like traditional everything American, you know, red, white, and blue. Hipster. Uh, yeah, it, but you know, growing up in the Philippines, I remember when we moved home in June of 1995, I had no desire to come here. I thought this was the stupidest place in the world because it was like my whole life and everything that I had known was 7,000 miles away in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so for me to come to America was an invasive pulling me out of the only world I mm-hmm. knew to come to a place where I didn't fit in, right? Like I didn't speak the colloquial language. I didn't, you know, I, more people looked like me, which was uh, strange. It was a different experience, you know, because growing up in the school that I went to, I was the only white kid in my class, and really some of the only other white kids that I remember growing around, growing up around with my brothers. Uh, and so, uh, so I, I share a similar feeling of not really knowing where I belong, yeah. right? Because for me, even at a young age, I remember uh, one of the times my dad read um, the passage out of Galatians, right, where there's neither Jew or mm-hmm. Greek or Gentile in Galatians three, and we would talk about so much about going home to America there. And my parents would use that language as if it was like this ubiquitous thing that we all shared. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a framework mm. for myself and my middle brother or my eldest brother. Yeah, None yeah, of yeah. us would relate to that. And it exposed itself uh, one time at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Where mm. my mom was cooking us American Thanksgiving dinner and we all got livid because there was no rice. Right. Mm. And so we were so used to rice at every single meal. And so those small things have always functioned as benchmarks for me about not really feeling like I fit in here because so much of what I love in my childhood is from over there. And so, but I still get the enjoyment and all the privileges of being, you know, white over here. And, And so I think, uh, the thing that's always been most important to me is that attachment as a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like that Galatians three passage has been a thing that's really been written on my heart for a long time. Like nothing else matters to me other than just being a follower of Christ. I don't care. Like I've I've never ever ever mm-hmm. put my identity as an American with my identity as a Christian. Right? Like they just it's like mixing oil and water. Like mm-hmm. there's no point to try and put those things together in my brain. Interesting. Uh, so I just I don't have the uh, I have the advantage of being white and being able to assimilate into this culture, no questions asked, but I don't have the mental side of that that comes with that. I don't have the mentality that comes yeah. with that. There, And, you know, my parents were always very intentional as white people about, like, you know, the, the churches that we grew up in were predominantly minority churches, right? Like the Filipino church that I grew up in even when we moved back here. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I didn't even know Orange County existed until I got to high school and we moved out here because my dad took a different job. 
and I was just like, what the heck, dude? Yeah. You know, it's like this place is totally different than yeah. anything I grew up in. There's a lot more white people here. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it feels weird to me that's, as well. That's super interesting. So in that sense, that's funny that we're more alike than not. Sure. And the word that came to my mind was displacement. Yeah, for yeah, some certainly. Reason. And so I think of the the passage in First Peter to those who are displaced. Yeah. You're foreigners, you're uh, exiles, you're... Um, People who are tr- sojourners. Yeah, right? yeah, certainly. Is one of the translations. I wonder how much of that um, we can bring to the table and say, like, no, this is how it should be. Sure. And I, I realize that depends on a lot of things. One thing that depends on is how optimistic or pessimistic you are about American history. Yeah, right? for sure. And so uh, the more optimistic you are about America being specifically founded as a nation with Christian principles yeah. and in the vein of uh, honoring God and things like that, then yeah. you're probably going to feel more uh, compelled and or find warrant yeah. for like, no, are no, you like, signing up for the 1619 things. project view of history or not? Right. Like that's really what we're talking about at this point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I think that I want to, I, I hold that intention because on the one hand, I do feel a little displaced Yeah. that I, I love this place. Um, I can have job opportunities, the education yeah, certainly. and um, even like economic advancement that my parents probably could never imagine. Yeah. And that is a huge testament to the blessings that we have here. Yeah. That is amazing. And I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that. I don't want to be anywhere else. Right. I love it here. Yeah. At the same time, there's a tension uh, between mourning and grieving what this place has been and what it still is in some ways, mm-hmm. right? And so my question is like, so how do I own that personally and then in a community? And how do I contextualize that from the perspective that uh, I'm not just a, a citizen of, our, of this society, I'm, I'm also Christian. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a citizen of a new society, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and those aren't the same thing. Right. A good friend of mine wrote an article. His name is Brandon Hurlbert. Shout out. He's doing his PhD in Old Testament and uh, Durham. And he wrote this article that I really liked where he distinguishes between empire and kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he says, kingdom is the way of power and the way of rule of God. Mm -hmm. Where from the new society, which is not by means of the sword, by the way. Right. Uh, but it's by the cross, at least until Jesus comes back. There's a, a compulsion. There's uh, there's a winsome. There's um, an attractiveness to this new society that says you get to sit at the table. Why? Because we're all equally broken. Yeah. And so whether you're from, I mean, I don't know, what Africa, Antarctica, Australia, New Zealand, it doesn't matter. That, that somehow is so irrelevant all of a sudden. Right. Now, granted, I, I understand there's economic, political realities. Sure. And, and then we cannot just dismiss those. Sure, sure. I, I get it. But distinguishing that view that we're calling kingdom with empire, meaning which vehicle do we use to get political economic things done? Yeah. Like those are all, those are both questions we need to answer and we can't skip over them, but to confuse the two would be the mistake. Yeah, for sure. Certainly. And I think, I think ultimately that's the point of analysis that I think is necessary for Christians in, in this tumultuous time where so much of our witness, so much of our influence uh, is has come in, in, into question. Yeah. And there's so much work that Christians, uh, like we're in the hot seat. Well, when evangelicals are known more as a voting block than they are a religious 
group. Exactly. That's in my estimation, that's hugely problematic. Right. Right. To continue to talk about some of these differences and problems, it seems that Christian patriotism on the one hand is willing to acknowledge and accept, even maybe criticize uh, America's past or even like the Republican Party. Yeah, for right? sure. Can you be a Christian and criticize the Republican Party or can you be a Christian and not be a Republican? Yeah. Um, there would be a lot more willingness to have that conversation or to, to be compelled by that, by a Christian patriot as we're understanding that yep. word. And then with Christian nationalism, um, it seems that the optimism with which American history is seen doesn't allow to leave the framework where uh, there's things that need to be corrected. And I don't know. Is that is that unfair to say? No, I think it's right. I think it's exactly right on to say, right? I mean, you hear, did you spend 10 minutes on any, right, like evangelical Facebook discussion? And it's going to be a conversation of like how you can't vote for the Democratic Party and be a follower of Jesus, right? Like mm. those two things are just mutually exclusive there and that's you know obviously that's a major oversimplification yeah but that's the that's the popular parlance in the dialogue that we're discussing there okay. and this is important to recognize because it's like christian patriotism right would look at that and say i mean the republican party has egregious flaws in the same way that Democrat, like god's not stoked on abortion right like i don't care what you say abortion's not cool in god's perspective but also the lack of like racial justice conversations that don't really tend to happen in the right are from the Republican Party is also problematic, right? Like the idea here of being optimistic or pessimistic about America's history, America's current climate is the wrong lens in my mind through which to view these things, okay. right? Because looking at something optimistically or pessimistically is like a weird framework to apply to history, right? Mm -hmm. Like the idea here is like, history is and it happened and it's interpreted and it has to be played out in the field of conversation there. but if we get to one side or the other, we we end up in the same trap just on a different side of that coin, essentially, right? Like, we're, we're a lot better than you think we are. Like, we need to go. We just ignore the other thing. It's like, oh, no, like, we're really, really, really bad. And it's like, well, we also do, like, a lot of good in history, too, and as far as America's concerned. And so it's mm -hmm. like looking at things and trying to be as conscientiously objective as possible, which means measuring your biases, measuring, mm -hmm. you know, your like your skin color plays a role in how you understand this country, like measuring opportunities over and against other parts of the world. Like all of those things need to be the foundational pieces by which we're measuring stuff. Yeah. They're not just like the optimism versus the pessimism discussion there. Otherwise, otherwise the, the wedge, right. That we're seeing between nationalism and patriotism is going to get further apart and we're not going to be able to, you know, unify evangelicalism back together. And there's just going to be a weird, another schism in evangelicalism yeah, yeah. And, and and on that i that's something i've been thinking a lot lately because like yourself right you mentioned two big hot button issues right abortion sure. or reproductive rights on the one hand and then something like uh racial equality mm -hmm. on the other hand right why am i made to feel like as a christian like i have to pick a side right right why can't I care about both? Yeah, yeah. Lecrae is a Christian rapper who just went through this recently, right? Like he performed at a, a Raphael Warnock mm -hmm. uh, party or inauguration portion. And dude, a lot of white Christians got super upset at him, right? And there was like this move in like, Lecrae's not a Christian anymore. And it's like, because he performed at a Pastor Warnock, who's like considered a communist and like ultra liberal, whatever, they're like who supports abortion and things like that on the democratic platform. And like Lecrae has made videos about saying like, Hey, I don't support abortion, but mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the Democrats have more in line for what's important to me and the gospel that I read. And it's like, there's no room for a person right. like Lecrae in this right. discussion right. that we're talking about. Yeah. And it's pathetic. It's true because it's a lack of ability to do critical thinking. Correct. Correct. So my instinct then to say is the way that 
these issues are being played out, Christians are forced to either feel like they have to stand up and fight for their rights. So that's one option Mm -hmm. or latch onto a progressive set of values because yeah, it's a mixed bag, but there's enough good in there where I'm willing to buy it. So like kind of being passive about it or fight for your rights. Yeah. It's either, uh, I'm not voting for a pastor. I'm voting for a president Uh there or it's like, yeah, you know, abortion's not good, but at least there's uh, whatever, at least I care about the poor that are already here. It's like, dude, it's, I mean, it's a false dichotomy. Yes. And I would say, I think to limit the response of how to be a Christian in America to those two things would be to play by the wrong rules. Yeah, of course. And so I, I think increasingly the conviction that I'm coming to is I'm not going to bend the knee to either one. And I'm not, I don't want to at least intentionally uh, feel like those are the only two ideologies or the only frameworks or perspectives that Christianity can yeah. live in yeah. and flourish in. Right. Um, I keep coming to this example um of Christianity as this new society that is over and against or yeah. subversive or um, in tension with the way of, of the kingdom yeah. or the way, sorry, the way of the empire. Certainly. It, it's, it's different. So towards some pastoral issues and pastoral questions where this would play out, I mean, think about this. Can you be a Democrat and be a Christian? Sure, why not? I mean, in, you understand how in so many places that would be a definitive yeah. no, right? Yeah. And that's and it's dumb in those definitive places, <laughs> right? Uh, well, so furthermore, I would say I don't want to just be a Democrat and be a Christian if that's how I line. I I want to be more than a Republican. Oh, dude, I would more just, than a Democrat. I would challenge every Christian to register themselves as an independent there, right? See, like there you go. Regi- because it has yeah, to be dude, more than the dude, dichotomy. Of, of the course, because you get stuck. And by the way, George Washington himself was against the two party system that we ended up falling into. But that's a whole another conversation. And so it's like the idea here is like. Voting for the lesser of two evils is still voting for evil. There. Right. So if you want to see a major change or a major difference, then a lot of people have to make a major decision to move in a majorly different direction. Right. There. And that's that's neither Democrat nor Republican. Exactly. Pretty exactly. Much. So in that vein, should Christians feel more compelled by convictions that more align with their views, either on mm-hmm. left or right, there needs to be room to discuss that. Yeah. Good. How should we be proud or how can you be proud proud of your country yeah i'm super proud of america when she lives up to the ideal right so it's like uh in seven when the declaration of written uh independence was written in the mm-hmm. end of this in the 1700s right the idea was like that was not true in the time that it was written but that doesn't mean that the spirit of it is something that mm. we still shouldn't pine after and try and ascertain with the totality of our might as mm. people right and so it's like what do we need to do? What steps must we take to make this a more free, a more equal, a better nation for all people? Like that's a that's a heck of a goal yeah. to strive for. And it, yeah. what but what it means inherently is that we will always be tinkering, right? We will always be trying to make things better. Mm. And that can make people nervous or uncomfortable because that automatically means there's always going to be some type of progress or some type of progression that needs to occur or shift or change or go back on whatever mm-hmm. there. And that makes people, you know, People don't like change yeah. as as a whole, and then when you you know try and supersize it for 350 million people in a country like that's hard to do. For sure, for sure. So I I see one of two things that could be happening in the near future for Christians. I think on the one hand, there could be kind of like an awakening, yeah, and saying we need to uh, emancipate ourselves as a, a voter block. Yeah, that we need to transcend the economic and political interests. Uh, of this country if we are going to continue to be influential that has to happen yeah on the other hand 
it could also be the case that Christian uh, America is is going to continue to move away from uh, traditional Christian values or whatever, and maybe even be hostile towards. Mm-hmm. And at that point, that's going to be the proving ground. Like, were you are you really all in? Yeah. Or are you not? Yeah. And so I would say both of those things are good things yeah. because it's going to weed out people who uh, maybe aren't as convinced that this is something you're willing to die for. And on the other hand, it's going to refine yeah. the faith. Um, so we can we can look forward to both of those things. Yeah, yeah, one way or the other, man. But awesome. Good stuff. Leave us a comment. What do you guys think? Are we defining these fairly? Patriotism versus nationalism? Uh, what are the limitations and benefits of, of either one? We'd love to hear from you guys. And make sure you tune in next time on Kingdom Thinking.